All right, where are we at? Um, I'm, I'm deciding. Okay. So shut up, Sam. Stop pressuring me. Okay. Tuesday podcast episode 150 with your hosts Tyler Dryblad and Sam Ginsberg. Here's Tyler Dryblad. Hello everybody, welcome to the 150th episode. I didn't even realize we're on 150, that's kind of cool. Yeah, we got nothing special planned. Yeah, well, oh well, let's see what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about SodaStream. AB InBev, and just a hilarious article on Obamacare. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And Samuel, I like your shirt, your brewing beer shirt. That's pretty funny. It looks like the Breaking Bad little logo there. Yeah, I got it at the uh, Madison Isthmus Cheese and Beer Festival. Oh, Madison known for its Isthmus? Yeah, well, it's it's like wedged between some lakes. Oh, I see. I gotcha. Well, that's fun. And what beer do you have? I have... Out of Madison, Wisconsin, Mobcraft, shout out Stout. And it says on it, coffee shop favorite, caramel affogato inspired. So I guess this is like, you know, you, there's coffee stouts, and this is like in the style of a specific type of coffee, I guess. But oh, okay. My coffee knowledge is insufficient for that to mean anything to me. Gotcha. Be careful. Be careful pouring it, little man. What? So, so I don't foam it forever? Yeah, exactly. Well, the first step's done. I got I got it open with the Bruce Tuesday built Ford Tough bottle opener. <laughs> and that nice smooth pour. Yeah, I Just did like it, you guys. Of an F one fifty, am I right? Oh yeah, that's a Ford, right? Yeah, that's a Ford. Cool, cool, cool. I my, I don't know enough about cars, so you could really easily like make me go off brand. <laughs> so. I just took a took my first sip, and it doesn't taste that much like beer, but it does taste like a sweet coffee drink type of a thing. So well, it said caramel, right? So yeah, I'm gonna need some more time to to unpack this one, but I I think that I might be begrudgingly in favor of it. <laughs> okay, I have Hop Valley Brewing Company's Citrus Mistress, which is a title that bums me out because it like should rhyme, you know, but like it doesn't. It's just it. It feels like marbles in my mouth. But anyway, uh, it is an IPA brewed with grapefruit peel, 6.5% ABV. It poured with absolutely no head and not really any visible effervescence. It smells kind of hoppy, grapefruity, maybe a little tropical. It's pretty tasty. It's pretty tasty. There's obviously the hot bitterness in there. There's also a, a decent tropical fruit taste. Not one particular fruit, but you know, kind of like a kind of like a Chiquita banana blend. Could it could it be grapefruit, or is is grapefruit too too not tropical enough? I don't think I don't think I would say that. Definitely tastes like grapefruit, but it doesn't taste bad. Okay, so that's good. And is it close and, enough for you to not be like this is straight bullshit? Um, I think so. I think so. I also am going to need to drink more of this beer. 
you know, maybe it'll shape up and taste more like grapefruit. Maybe it won't. But I think right now I'm pretty much okay with it. I feel like I have to apologize for the listener if they're hearing squeaks in the background. Are you hearing yeah, those? I was like, I was, I was wondering how my rats got over to your house. Yeah, so we're watching an extra dog, and so oh. Three Stacks does a lot of dog wrangling during the recording, and between us living in a much larger abode and there being two dogs to keep track of, I think one just took a squeaky toy and started squeaking on and out here. Well, well, I'm sure we'll be fine. We'll be fine. It's not like the execs are listening to this episode to determine whether to cut us a deal or not. Right. Mm. So, yeah, they uh, my, my friends went out of town on their honeymoon, and... The bride's mom is watching two of their dogs, and not this other dog, because this is the difficult one. <laughs> it gets stuck with you. Yeah, so we're, we're watching Fly, who is usually fine, but every now and then just decides that he should kill Barley. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, so we can't leave them unattended, because they'll like play really well, and then all of a sudden, like, it's... <laughs> And, like, you know, we have to break him up. It's yeah. kind of fucked up. But then Barley, like, he's he's too sweet and dumb. So they'll just play with him again in two minutes anyway. <laughs> Barley, you gotta learn your lesson. Yeah, I mean, I think that him being a little dummy is one of my favorite things about him. So I'm good with it. <laughs> You're okay with it. Yeah. Hold on one sec. Why get this shit out of here? I just threw his toy down the stairs, so hopefully... No, he just ran back upstairs. He's going to just squeak it out here some more. <laughs> Good effort. Solid attempt, buddy. He's he's a Dalmatian mix, and apparently they're, like, hyper-loyal. So he just, like, follows me around all the time. Huh. And I guess squeaks his toy annoyingly. Like, I, I can't walk the two dogs at the same time, so when I would walk Barley, apparently... All Fly does is cry while I'm oh. gone and, like, just climb on the door that I left through. Right. So that's fun for everyone involved. Uh, they need to get back here. Why did Do- Dalmatians become, like, the dog of fire crews? Dude, I don't know. I was wondering that same thing. I Like, I don't think they're particularly fireproof. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or even, like, I mean, I can't imagine that. At any point, the dogs were going into the fires. Is it just that they make good companions and firemen get it had, lonely? It had to have been that they were going into the fires. Otherwise, why would they have them? Uh, yeah, I know. I don't know. Do you want me to Google it? Nah. This, uh... It's not really, it's not really the Dalmatian podcast. No, it's not. You're right. But I am very curious. Well, when you never listen to this, you'll be reminded to Google it. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, because, like, otherwise they're just taking up room in the fire engine with these dogs. They have to have been, like, the St. Bernard's of burning buildings. Or maybe they just hang out back at the station. Oh, I guess. Maybe. They just chill. I don't know. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You don't know. I just don't know. Uh, you just don't know. Do you know anything about Soda Stream? Uh, yeah, I know that people have recommended it to me a lot, and I don't want it. I don't know much about what it is. It, you can make soda? At yeah, home? so is basically it? it's just like carbonated water dispenser, but you can plug in cartridges of like Coca-Cola syrup. Like, you know how when you go to a soda fountain at, at a 
at a fast food place, it's not yeah. just they're pouring soda. It pours syrup and carbonated water so that it makes soda on the fly. So this is okay. this is the same deal, except you do it at home. Okay. So then here comes kind of a misleading headline. Soda Stream launches homemade beer system. This is from PR PRNewsWire.com. And SodaStream, I guess, is taking their machine and coming out with some concentrated beer packets. So you will be able to plug these beer packets into your beer bar, is what it's called. And then it will mix with this carbonated water and supposedly create instant beer. So it's not so really homemade beer. What did you think that this was? I guess maybe the fact that I knew what a soda stream was made me uh-huh. assume that this was exactly what it is. Oh, okay. I wasn't really sure. It was like, I figured this was some sort of homebrewing system. But this really isn't homebrewing, because the beer is already, like, all you're doing is mixing, like, concentrate with water. You're not brewing anything. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess... If you're fine with that, this sounds kind of interesting, if only because of the beer concentrate. I'd like to see what that's like. So you would say that it would be dishonest to say that you're brewing a beverage if you're really just mixing something with water. Yeah, I think you're... So like, for instance, uh, coffee or tea? You don't brew those things? No, no, no. Well, that's... I, I disagree with that. I think in that case, because it's hot, there's a change going on. What would happen if you put a tea bag in cold water? Would it just not do anything? Or would it just do well, less? Well, I know you can put a tea bag in cold water and like leave it out in the sun, and that'll make sun tea. But I think if it's just like straight-up cold water with no heating element, it just chills, you know? So what if uh, what if you put your soda stream on, a, on the burner? <laughs> now you're doing chemistry. Now I support it. <laughs> okay. You're an alchemist. I'm just trying to figure out where you draw the line. Right. I, I would I would try this, but I don't think it's fair to say that this is brewing or home brewing. Do we have a price point? It's it's out uh, on their German store. So let's click on that. SodaStream.de. Trinkwasserspruder. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, SodaStream. Probably. Crystal. Cool. Action. Uh, you have not answered the question yet. You're just saying Ferner words. Yeah, I know. It looks like probably like $200. Okay, and does it say how much like a refill is? Oh, let's see. Uh, that's probably syrups, right? Yeah. Syrup, yeah. Looks like they have one called Blondie? Yeah. I'm looking at, let's see, these are all like energy, no, these are all fruit flavors. I don't see the beer one. It's weird that they would specifically link the German one, and then it's not <laughs> yeah. there. Like. I could not find it on their website for the, just the standard.com. Right. And then I could at least read the captions. Well, you took German. The, uh, yeah. Oh, see, it says in German, the first beer that you can make yourself. That's not true at all. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, hilariously just inaccurate. Hilariously inaccurate. Yeah, ich bin mindestens 16 Jahre alt. I'm more than 16 years old. Got it. Is the drinking oh, age 16 okay. there? 16 for beer, 18 for hard liquor. Gotcha. The Blondie costs 3 euros, so probably like, I don't know, four fifty five dollars And is that a 1 liter container? Yes. So that says this would make 3 liters of beer. Uh-huh. So obviously 200 is a pretty steep upfront cost. Sure. But 
Five bucks for three liters of beer? That's pretty good. Yeah, as long as it's not god-awful. Which it probably is. I want to just pound the concentrate, see what that's like. Well, I mean, mathematically I'd have to assume that it, since it says one, one liter of the syrup yields approximately three liters of beer, it's 4.5%. Now we're looking at a 13.5 beer, which is <laughs> not the most alcoholic that either of us have had. No. We've probably but broken probably, that on the show. Yeah, probably the most viscous, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I do wonder so, if it w- is even consumable. Yeah, I don't know. Just like a, a resin, like a slow-moving wax. Yeah. Gross. I wonder what if this would be easy that? for bungholing. Oh. Just oh. like just like tube some in there and just wait for it to dissolve. <laughs> just brush your teeth with it in the morning. <laughs> you squeeze it out like a toothpaste. Man, speaking of toothbrushing, I recently got an electric toothbrush. Yeah. And electric toothbrushes have this really weird property that I found that converts a toothpaste to blood. <laughs> it's the only way I can explain how I spit blood every time I brush my teeth now. What are those RPMs? I, I, I don't know. Too high, I think. I, I, well, I think what it is is that I don't have healthy gums. Oh. And it's obliterating my gums. <laughs> and so I can't tell. Like, I'm sure that to some extent, like, you know, if you haven't flossed for a while and you floss, your gums bleed. And that's like a sign, right. like, oh, should have been flossing. This is good for me. I don't know. At some point, it's just got to be bad for my mouth to kill this much skin. Right. But I also have this mouthwash that I use in conjunction with my toothbrushing where it, like, kind of gloms weird particulates together. So when you spit, there's like weird lumps, and it's per- this purple mouthwash. So I'll spit, and they're just globs in the sink, which I have to assume is 10% plaque, 90% dead skin cells. It sounds like you have Chernobyl of the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Is that habitable yet? Well, there are actually some like old grandmas who have been living there for a while. And they just make crazy moonshine and have lost all their teeth. Just because they're like, we're going to die anyway, who cares about radiation? I guess, yeah. Hmm. But officially, no, nobody lives there. Okay. Yeah. Well, no one lives in my mouth either, so that's fine. <laughs> Yikes. That's, hmm. One time I got a nasty abscess on my gums, so I just packed it full of garlic and it healed up. That sounds like some Appalachian folk remedies. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Apparently, garlic is really antibacterial, so hmm. just keep that in mind. Okay. I guess vampires are bacteria. I actually heard a whole thing about the vampire myth spreading, like, at the same, like, following the same pattern as rabies. Huh. So, like, there's this theory that it, they're, like, they're, you know, you can draw some similarities, like, I guess when you have rabies, you're really sensitive to certain stimuli, so like bright lights or very strong flavors like garlic, and I guess you get hydrophobic, which may be holy water. It's like, it's a lot of these are like kind of a stretch, but you get enough kind of a stretch together, and it's kind of like, okay, I could buy this. I would have imagined that rabies would give rise to werewolf myths. Uh, It did also that. Oh, okay. Good for me. Way to go, Tyler. I listened to a medical history podcast and recently listened to their episode on rabies. <laughs> okay, it's fun. 
Rabies is pretty crazy. Rabies is pretty crazy. And the test for it is cutting open something's brain. Yeah, I, uh, Rainer thought he had rabies, and he wasn't sure, and this was, you know about that whole situation, right? Yes, I do. Okay, so this was, this was when there were bats in our house, and he... attacked by a bat. He, like, had no way to know for sure whether or not he had been bit, so he, like, was assuming he had, because, like, I guess there was a bat in his room while he was asleep, so he just thought, you know, I might not even know, so I should just assume the worst, and he went to the doctor and was like, I need a rabies test, and they were like, well, we need the bat, and so he called me and said, so I chucked the bat in the creek out behind the house, can you go find it? Yeah, so I, you know, I looked for this bat corpse for maybe 15 minutes, and I was like, dude, I I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> so so they were just like, well, we got to assume that you're rabid, so they had to give him all these shots. Yeah, that was probably pretty expensive, too. Yeah, probably. They don't actually, like, it's tough to get rabies vaccine. I don't know why, they just don't make that much of it. Well, they probably don't run into it that much. That's true. Most people don't get tagged by a bat. I mean, that was so, that was like one of so, the craziest evenings of my life when we had to we had to catch those bats and I accidentally murdered that bat. Yeah, there's a dead bat outside my house actually. Well, my apartment. I don't know what killed it, but it's just chilling. Was it foaming at the mouth? Not anymore. Goddamn bats! Did it have water on the knee? Operation. Don't know why that came into my head. Me neither. So, uh, what you been up to, Samuel? Uh, man, I, I told you about watching this dog, and I told you about my crazy toothbrush. That's true, that's true. I guess you have told me what's going on. Oh, I, uh, do you know what I'm skipping to record this podcast? Game of Thrones? What? No. I'm not every other person who ever does this podcast. <laughs> I watch that on internet sites that aren't super legitimate, after the fact. There you go. I'm missing the MUFA All-Star game. Oh, is that the team that you're on that you don't like, though? I'm on two teams. Or, right. I guess was. The season is over now. Oh, okay. The, the season just ended yesterday. Uh-huh. Yeah, and my boy Dan, who was on one episode a million years ago, was elected. Every every team votes for who their, like, entry into the All-Star game is. Uh-huh. And... Uh, he won, but was busy, so I won, because I came in second place, <laughs> but I am also busy. Nice. Solid. It's the it's the second year running that I've been nominated to be in the All-Star game and not played in it. Too good for that shit. No, actually, I think it'd be fun. I just... It's always on a... No, hold on. Maintain the lie, Samuel. Maintain the lie. It's always on a Tuesday evening, and you know, you know how Tuesdays are. You know, I've been in work... <laughs> Both days and I and you know the weekend is just starting three days from now. There it is. This is complicated. <laughs> living a lie. You're living a lie. You know who else is living a lie? Dodge with their Dodge Ram thinks that it's the toughest truck around. Fuck you, Dodge Ram. <laughs> well, you're going negative this week. Well, I mean, the best offense is a good defense or something along those lines. I think it's. I think you have to switch those. Ah, fuck it. Okay. So, uh, let's see. From thedailyjournal.com. We all know that AB InBev's uh, offer to SAB Miller was accepted back in, I don't know, winter of last year. But the Justice Department has finally, or is 
almost finally ready to approve the sale. They were looking at antitrust issues and monopoly issues and stuff like that, and apparently, according to insiders, they are going to approve this deal in the next couple days, and we will actually see this big AB InBev, SAB Miller merger. It's going to happen. Now, will, will we see any difference as craft beer consumers? Well, I don't think so. You know, they had to sell off... Oh, yeah. They sold off their Miller Coors joint venture. So, in America, like, the profile of this company won't necessarily get that much bigger because they're losing a different part of the company, you know? Oh, okay. But there there are some concerns about, you know, they own a lot of distributors and wholesalers and maybe they could put the squeeze on craft brewers. So there might be some Justice Department limits, like, saying they have to sell a couple distributors... But we're not totally sure yet. Well, I mean, they're already manipulating distributors, as we learned a couple weeks ago. That's true. That's true. And at least one case that is going on, and I'm sure more. So it's kind of, I guess it's an open question whether we're going to see that much of a difference. I don't think we're going to see a huge difference, but it, you know, it might, there might be some impact. I guess to go along with wondering whether this is going to affect us as craft beer drinkers, is this going to affect macro fans? Or is this just going to be business as usual for them? Oh, I don't think it's going to affect macro fans at all. I I don't, yeah, not at all. I guess, I don't know, this whole thing makes me really nervous, but I'm just not sure what the risk is. I guess the risk is this company, you know, since they're merging, they get all the distributors from both sides, and they use that to put more put a bigger squeeze on craft brewers and not let them into the market. But, like I said, since they have to sell their Miller Coors venture, over here I don't think there's that much of a difference. I think in places like Africa, India, China, there might be a difference. Um, You know, because they won't have to break off parts of their companies there. They'll just be getting bigger. Okay. I mean, I guess there, I I feel like a threat to craft beer is less of a big deal because... I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think of any of those places as craft beer country. Yeah, me neither. But, you know, <gasps> it could just be that this is killing it in its crib. Sure, yeah, I guess. Do you of think course, even, I'm not... Yeah, yeah. Do you think even if they didn't have to make their forfeitures, this would still have that big of an effect? I guess I, I feel like places like the Malt House, this bar I like to go to that serves a lot of good craft beers, or mm-hmm. Steve's Liquor, where I buy pretty much every beer I've ever had on the show. Those places have shelf space specifically for craft beer, and they're yeah. only ever going to put craft beer there. They're never going to get to a point where, like, all oh, these distributors are being wieners. I'm going to, I guess I'll just put Bud Light here instead of good craft beer. Yeah, and you know, I'm not really... I'm honestly not that familiar with the whole distribution market, and I think it varies state to state, too, depending on laws. Yes. Um, so I'm sure that there will, you know, it's this merger won't kill craft beer, and even if they didn't have to divest themselves, it wouldn't kill craft beer, but I wouldn't be surprised to see price increase slightly. You know, is that a big deal? Eh, it depends. And I don't even really know if it's going to happen. It would have been a bigger deal when we were in college when right, yeah, when sure. us us buying beer for Bruce Day Tuesday was like a splurge. Yeah, definitely. And it was so, like you, know, you you were like not looking forward to your turn coming. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, god damn it, I gotta buy fucking forty beers again. Shit ass. 
But uh, so I don't know. I I could see that happening. But again, I'm not I'm not an expert in this field, so I could also be talking out of my ass. Well, you're definitely talking out of your ass. You just might be correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I I'll take those odds. That's fine. So you do I, have I a, a a skilled and brilliant ass. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that big of a thing in America, but it's just kind of weird, and it's almost definitely happening for real this time, you guys. I don't. I, I feel like when we did the first article, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be beer apocalypse," but now I'm just like, mm, "Fuck it." Kind of in the same yeah. way that I feel like, like obviously distribution is a big deal, but when you come down to just the products, like in the same way as if. Let's say the largest turnip firm in the U.S. bought out the second largest turnip firm. I don't really like turnips, so I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. And I think if if Lagunitas bought out, I don't know, Stone, well, that would never happen. That's a preposterous proposal. But, like, especially because Stone is, like, always been so stalwart maybe um like the shoots or something sure that's unlikely but more likely then i i think that that would make me ponder a little bit more but still not really make me that worried yeah yeah that's fair i i agree i don't think it's as huge a deal as i initially did you know partly because of we have anti-monopoly laws and stuff like that if i was in africa i might feel different but i'm not so the way it is you want to talk about penises? Yeah, that's uh, why I said that thing about your butt earlier. I was trying to get you there, but then you just kind of oh. went straight non sequitur with it. Butt play doesn't really get me there, Samuel. Oh, okay. That's good to know. <laughs> so I, I have a good one. I, I have an okay one. I want to make sure we haven't used mine because it's so good. Okay. So I, I found that I often will think of one right before the show and forget it by the time the porn game runs around. So right. this time I decided... Oh, I'll just Google it, and then it'll be in an open tab, so I'll just tab over to it. And then uh-huh. I was thinking, oh man, what hilarious results could show up. But it is just, <laughs> it is just they have suggested that I spelled it wrong, and am referring to the original work. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's a fair assumption, but it's not as funny as I hoped. Wouldn't it be weird if it just came up as an actual porno? I... I bet you if we Google every title we've ever done, we would get at least a dozen that exist. That's true. Well, I don't know that that's true. I'm just guessing. I agree with you is what I should have said. You guessed the same guess as I guess. <laughs> I assume that is correct. All right. So uh, I guess I'll go first so that when you're invariably disappointed with how bad it is, we still have yours left. Oh, you're so confident, though. I, I like it. I think it's funny. Boy, I didn't think out the background, though. So, it's based on a film, a movie film. Okay. And, damn, I guess I'll really have to go more with the original. Okay. Just so you know. All right. So, it's about a game where you play it, and all the sexual moves you do in the game come to life. So, I know that there's a movie like that called Gamer, but I don't think you're talking about that. No, I... It's a little more classic than that, I think. A classic video game movie? I didn't say it was a video game. I said it was a game. Oh. Oh. Screw Manji? Yeah, Screw Manji. Yeah, good job, me. 
I think Scrumanji's pretty good. Yeah, Scrumanji is pretty good. Lately. Yeah. I think we are on about the same plane in terms of quality. Okay. For the first time, perhaps ever. I'm not upset <laughs> in with any you. category. I'm going to preface this. This is a movie. I just want to preface it. I have, you know, I, I told you I Google this. So I have the original open in front of me, and the IMDb rating and the Rotten Tomatoes rating are almost the same number. And I'll remind you that IMDb ratings are out of 10, and Rotten Tomatoes ratings are out of 100. Oh my. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Okay, so this is about this dude who's got, you know, he's got a bunch of horseshoes, he's got a bunch of rabbit's feet, he's got a bunch of four-leaf clovers, and he really likes uh, watching his wife fuck other guys. Is it? Okay. It's not lucky number 11. No. Okay. But it's it's luck, right? Correct. Hmm. And he, so he's a voyeur. It's it's not even just he likes watching. I mean, I think feel like a voyeur, you can watch anyone have sex and still be a voyeur. Okay. It's it, it's important that it's, it's his wife. We've done the fucky one, right? I don't think so. Maybe Is it the fucky one. No, I I don't know that one. The lucky one. I but luck is in it still. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. So that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Oh, is it that Dane Cook movie? Yes, it is. Oh, God, what was it? Good luck fuck? It's not just sex. It's him watching his wife fuck other dudes. So it's... It, but it is that movie Good Luck Chuck, right? Yeah, good and luck are correct. It, you have the wrong change. So it's not the fuck. Good luck... Cuck. There you go. That's too bad. That's really too bad. I think we've done suck and fuck too much, so I thought, uh, how about cuck? Where's cuck I been? Guess I guess you changed it up, but that's a very... Okay, I'll accept it. A for creativity, Samuel. I mean, it's... I didn't say that, you know, he's in this, like, this relationship where he really loves his wife and she wants to fuck around on him and he's really depressed. I said he likes watching. That's what's... Some guys like that. And and that's fine that they like that. No, I have no... That's not what I'm gonna get to. Cuck is a weird word. What, like, sonically? Yes. Well, it rhymes with Chuck, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. 5.6 on IMDb, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like those might be different user bases. Actually, hold on. i got to check this Rotten Tomatoes because I bet you that's the, uh, the like, critics? yeah, professional critics gave it a 5% and the, like, everyone else gave it, oh, yep, 57% audience score, that's, 5% yeah, that's... on the tomato meter. That's about even, actually. Yeah. Oh, boy, that movie's bad. It is so bad. I've never seen it. I do hear, though, that Jessica Alba has herpes. Wait, in real life? Yeah, in real life. Oh, that's too bad. Apparently she got him from Derek Jeter. I didn't know that they dated or that he had herpes. (laughs) I don't know that any of this is true. Yeah. I heard it on the internet somewhere, you know? Yeah, I I think if you... I that there are lizard people on the internet. If you Google hard enough, literally every celebrity has an STD. Right, yeah. Well, if they've been Googled hard enough. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Oh, man, I just I just noticed a typo that I made in the uh, in the spreadsheet, and I almost like it better, even though it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it was on episode 119, you did Jizzy McGuire, <laughs> and I had typed Jizzle McGuire. <laughs> it's really funny. What's up, McJizzle? Don't worry, I fixed it. Man, Jizzy McGuire. Mm. 
That's not too bad either. <laughs> it really is, though. <laughs> Whatever happened to Hillary Duff? I think that she just did music. I, I distinctly remember my cousin like talking about how her album was like the best album he'd ever heard. <laughs> what? And this isn't just like some dude. This is my my cousin who's like a professional musician now went to college and dropped out but like went to college for music well if he thought that was the best album he ever heard i guess i'm not surprised that he dropped out well i, mean, I think that it's with arts in particular dropouts are really common because it kind of makes sense like if you think you don't have anything to learn and it's yeah. not like having a degree from NYU School of Music is going to do all that much for you because it's right. really about If you get a sound. job, you may as well just do the job. Right, and I think that it was he got to a point where he had enough gigs that it didn't make sense for him to stay in school. Yeah. Well, that doesn't really help when I'm trying to burn him severely though, so. Yeah. He's a super talented musician and I've never listened to that album. Maybe it's amazing. Also, <laughs> I think he was probably like 16 when he told me that, so I don't know. Eh. He's like 9 years oh. older than me or something. Oh. You couldn't have been 16. Lizzie McGuire wasn't doing music when you were seven. Well, Lizzie McGuire never did music. Her name's Hilary Duff. She's a real person. <laughs> That's fair. No, I'll, I'll admit that the timeline is pretty shaky, because I'm a bad cousin and I have a bad memory. Right, right. Speaking of things that are bad, this article from townhall.com is hilariously bad. Okay. Uh, is, uh, what is townhall.com? I don't know. I've never seen this before. But I have to imagine it's some sort of crappy conservative news site because it's called – this article is called Obamacare is Coming After Your Craft Beer. And the first line is, listen up, Bernie Sanders supporting hipsters. Obamacare is yeah. coming for your craft beers. So this yeah. this makes me feel like this has got to be either like tongue-in-cheek or super-duper right-wing. Yeah, well, if it's tongue-in-cheek, it's not funny enough. Okay. So – uh, this is talking about how there is there is an, an article or a regulation, I guess, in Obamacare, the law that was passed, that requires beer or beer producers to include a calorie count of their beers. This apparently has to go into effect December of this year, 2016. And this person, who I get the feeling is just looking for a reason to hate on Obamacare, says that... This will cost businesses as much as $77,000 to implement. And so it might crush out, you know, craft beer producers, small craft beer producers, because they don't have the funds to label their beer. I think that's nonsense. That's total and complete nonsense. Yeah. This doesn't bother me at all. And I don't think it's really going to bother anybody else. I think it's kind of an interesting uh, little regulation. Actually, I'm super in favor of this. I've. Since I got my Fitbit a few weeks ago, I'm, like, logging all the meals that I have. Oh, and the beer probably throws you off, huh? I have a, a custom log for beer where if it's a swill beer, I say it's 150 calories. And if it's a craft beer, I say it's 250 calories, which is probably around the average, but I'm sure there's a really high variance. And right. I don't, I like, I just don't know. Like like some of some of the macro stuff, you can Google it and know exactly how much it is. But like this beer right now, I don't know how much. I'm it's a bomber, so I'm gonna call it 500 and call it a day. But <laughs> yeah. But I would. I mean, I would love to have these exact numbers. And if you have enough capital to like make a business, you can do this. Yeah, it's not like you have to get some arcane goddamn ten thousand dollar piece of machinery 
you know, I'm sure this is a very regular thing that happens. Yeah, it's it's going to be a piece of equipment, and you, you probably measure it not even once per batch, just once per beer. Like, if you have the same recipe, they'll probably only measure it once and say, this is how much it is, and then you just have to find one little patch of space on your label yeah. to give the calorie count. Like, so it's a really minor redesign, and, like, you have to take one measurement, and that should yeah. be it. I, it's not like they're testing every bag of Fritos that goes out. Right. Uh, this this seems really silly to me, and it kind of just seems like a reason to to take a jab at Obamacare, even though Obamacare is only tangentially related to her argument, which is nonsensical. But there is one thing in here that I think is kind of neat. This like infographic in the middle, it says, 4,000 breweries approaching historical high of 4,131. Did you see this? No, I just skipped it. I figured it was an ad. Well, I mean, maybe it is. Do you want to guess what year there were 4,131 4, breweries? Like, maybe right before Prohibition, like the 1910s? And see, that guess, I think, makes a lot of sense. If, if it were me, I would have said, like, if I hadn't seen this, and you said, what what year did America have the most craft breweries, or the most breweries, I would have said 2016, because I would have assumed oh. it was topped out now. But it's actually 1873. Oh, Which I think really? is interesting, because that, that implies that there was a peak, you know, 30, 40 years before Prohibition went into effect. Yeah, plus there was less America back then. Yeah, my thought is it's, it's probably... surprising. It's probably... There were probably breweries making 30 gallons a year, and, you know, it's the only brewery in a small town, and everyone drinks <laughs> yeah. it, and, you know... Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Go over to Old Jim's Bar, it's the only place you right. can get beer, like that kind of thing... If that counts okay, as a brewery, then then I, I I think that that's this stat makes sense. I can see that. I'll buy it. I'll bite. Huh? That's kind of interesting, though. Right after the Civil War. Yeah. Because they were drinking their sorrows away. So you uh you were up on my jock about what I did this week. What did you do this week? And the week actually, prior. <laughs> yeah. So geez, I I don't. How much did I tell you about my job and what was going on with my job? Uh, some. Thank you. That's so helpful, Samuel. I've pooped in my mouth. <laughs> okay, so you know I got hired by California State Parks to be like a park aide. Yeah, you were talking about how those clowns got their shoes stolen. You had to write it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So that was... Okay. So, yeah, I did that. And then a couple days later, they were like, Hey, due to a paperwork error, we haven't technically hired you yet, so you can't come to work. Weird. So, yeah. So then I just had a little vacation until my paperwork came in, and then I filled out my paperwork finally, and so I just finally have worked a full week at this job. You'll still get paid for the weeks before, or the days beforehand, yes. right? Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I guess but, it's uh, it's tough for the government to pay under the table. Yeah, yeah. No, they gotta give me those ducats. But, so I was just like sitting at home for a while, it, like, I worked two days, and then they were like, okay, it's your weekend, so I went home for two days. And then I worked three days, and they told me that I couldn't work because of my paperwork, so I went home for four days. And then I just finally worked a week, so I'm really not settled in, even though I've technically been hired since the 17th. I don't know, your job seems like it wouldn't reveal many hilarious stories. Have there been any hilarious stories? I haven't seen anybody. They have stuck me out in the boonies. Oh, really? I was at, I was at a horse camp which is a place where people horseback ride to. I didn't see a living soul. I did see a deer sneeze, though. That was pretty funny. Huh. Yeah. Big old cloud of deer snot flew out. 
So pretty much I just hang out in these like underused areas of the park and I chill. And if I get bored, I go to a camp check, which is me just walking on the trails for like half an hour. I cannot stress the degree to which you need to get up on that podcast tip. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I but guess you don't even have a smartphone. Do you have an iPod? I do have an iPod, yes. Do they still make iPods that aren't phones? I was wondering that the other day, actually. The last time I got an iPod was, like, 2011, so I'm pretty behind that game. Yeah, I feel like if this breaks, you're going to be like that guy from that one episode of The Twilight Zone. where <laughs> It's not fair! Exactly. Because, like, you're not going to get a smartphone because you're too much of a California hipster. Right. And if yeah. you can't get another iPod, then you know what you could do? Download the podcasts onto your PC, burn them onto CDs, <laughs> take a, a take man. a big stack of them to work. That's right. Get a get a disc man. Yeah. God, that'd be something. But it's all right. I don't know. The job is it's kind of boring because I've just been out in the middle of nowhere. But it's also kind of cool because they pay me to walk around for like a good portion of the day. Yeah, I feel like when I think about all of the financial troubles that our country and our individual states have, it, it makes me think about, like, I mean, well, what you're talking about right now, this feels like waste a little bit. And Yeah. I, I worked for the Parks Department for a while, and part of my job working for the Parks Department was I hung out at this high school after hours where you could basically come in and shoot basketballs, and it cost $3. Uh-huh. And so my whole job was to collect $3 from people when they came in and then right. lock up at the end of the night. But about 40% of the time, zero people came in. Yeah. And yeah. like, there were no nights that enough people came in to pay my wage for that night. Uh-huh. Well, see, like there are, and I'm going to be working at some actual campgrounds where it gets pretty busy. Right. And so like there, it makes sense. But yeah, there are like 16 park aides, and I think that's probably too many. Like, there were four of us chilling in this, like, 5x5 five five kiosk the other day. It's like, why? You know? <laughs> like, we're like sardines in here. Like, not that many people need firewood. But that that's kind of, you know, bureaucracy, inefficiency type deal. Most of the time, I think it's pretty legitimate. Is it, like, the kind of thing where one person comes by for firewood, and the four of you are, like, fighting over who gets to help them? <laughs> no, because it's not even that exciting to go do the firewood. I just feel like people would get so bored that they would want to. Well, you know, I'm a reading machine, so I just get my book and I'm like in a coma, essentially. Oh, you bring a book. That's smart. Yeah. You know me. That old-timey technology. Right. Man, I was just thinking to myself the other day about how uh, pleased with myself I am that I'm reading these days. <laughs> and then I remembered that the book that I read, I read like eight months ago. <laughs> They're making it into a movie. I'm looking forward what to book? it. Ready Player One. Okay. And that that's like not a super literary, intelligent book. It's just kind of a fun read. Uh-huh. Well, I read that book, The Martian, and then they made it into a movie. And I was like, really? This is just about a dude farming with his own shit. Did you see the movie? I saw the movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, it was okay. I, I just think Matt Damon's so great. Like, I feel you like... how much money... What? Do you know how much money we have spent to rescue Matt Damon? Uh, we had to. We had to you know get he's him a, back from. He's a, just like Normandy. a regular person. We had to get him back from Normandy. Had to get him back from Mars. Come on, Matt Damon, cut it out. Quit being all alone by yourself. That's right. Take a buddy with you. Goddamn. 
I mean, he, I'm sure he did, and then they just all got killed, or I guess in the case of the Martian, left him. They just bounced. Yeah. But I just, I, I read the book, and I was like, okay, that was a fun, like, airplane book, and then I heard they were making it into a movie, and I was surprised. But it came out all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, are we about done with these beers? Yeah, I guess. How, how did you feel after exploring your beer thoroughly? I gotta be honest with you, I've been having just too much fun catching up with my old bud to uh, pay attention to what this tastes like, so you should go first, so I can <laughs> okay. uh, pay more attention. Okay, so I will remind everybody that I had Hop Valley Brewing Company's Citrus Mistress IPA brewed with grapefruit peel, 6.5% ABV. I, I really don't think that it tasted that much like grapefruit. The more tropical fruit flavors, like maybe, I don't know, like papaya, that's a fruit. Yep. It kind of tastes like papaya. It had, you know, definitely enough hop characteristics for me to tell that it was an IPA, so that's good. It was fairly drinkable, but I think they missed out on some of that grapefruit flavor, even though the flavor I enjoyed. So I'm going to give it, I guess we'll give it a 6-1, and I don't necessarily think there's a specific use case for this beer. It's a fine IPA that you could drink whenever you want to drink any other IPA. So I don't really recommend it to anybody in particular. If this is a style you like, try this beer. You probably won't be disappointed, but it's also not going to blow you away or anything like that. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, it definitely doesn't sound worth seeking out. It kind of just sounds like if you're at a bar and there are six taps and this is one of them, sure, go for it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a a good way to put it. There's There's no reason to go on a trek for this beer, but if you're at a bar and... You know, everything else isn't that great. This You won't be disappointed with this. So I've got Mobcraft's shout-out stout, which is Caramel Affogato-inspired. A-F-F-O-G-A-T-O. I feel like it's got to be Italian in origin. I went yeah. with Affogato. Probably. Ah, close enough. So this this has, I mean, like, I guess it's... The fact that I didn't notice it while I was drinking it is kind of a review in and of itself. Yeah. There's not a whole lot going on here. But what is there is it's it's sweet and it's smooth. It kind of it kind of makes me think: What if Southern Tier Creme Brulee had a little brother? Uh huh. Because it's less well executed. It's less dark. It's less malty. It's less thick. It's less flavorful. It's less interesting. Which makes it sound like I'm talking a bunch of shit. But I mean, it's fine. It just is. It doesn't. It that's it reminds me of that beer and it doesn't live up to that beer in any respect. Right. Um, but I would give it a six eight. I think okay. it's I think it's just fine. I, I guess if you if you're big into caramel affogato, definitely seek this out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tweet at us or email us. Let us know if this tastes right to you. Let us know what an affogato is. Yeah, that too. Google could do that, but it won't because we won't ask it to. Right. Yeah. So I mean. The fact that you didn't really notice it is kind of both damning and good, depending. You know, like, right? If this you, were like if there were, if this were like a session beer, then that would be more of a good thing. Uh-huh. Or if it were super high ABV, it would be a good thing because then it'd be like, I didn't even notice, and I'm super drunk now. Right. But this is six percent, and this is supposed to be a robust beer. Okay. And, it, and yeah. it's kind of not. Sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense. So we both had. Fine beers today. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Do you know what you're having next week? Uh, yeah. I'm, I don't want to run down to the fridge because the dogs will both freak out when I show up. So I'm gonna do this one off the top of my dome. 
I'm pretty sure it's called Flying Dog Mint Julep. Oh. So I, I think that, that one could be interesting. I think they have some series going now. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like just them doing weird shit. So it's probably because they love to be on theme called either like Gone Rabid or Unleashed. Or <laughs> right. I think they actually do have a series called Wild Dog, and this is not a Wild Dog beer. But it's like, I think it's from their We're Gonna Make Some Fucking Weird Stuff series. And really, anytime a brewery does a Let's Make Some Weird Branded Shit series, it always at first makes me like, oh, fuck you guys, you think you're so cool. But also, I, I respected it just because it's like, yeah, you're making a mint julep ale. Yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of those beers end up sucking, but like, hey, you're swinging for the fences, and I'm never going to be mad at anyone for swinging for the fences. Yeah, I, uh, I agree with you. A lot of times they come out bad, but every once in a while you get something that's pretty tasty. I feel like Mobcraft is one of those. This is probably the first beer I've had by them that's been like, ah, this is fine. Because usually, because all they do is make weird shit. Yeah. So usually it sucks, and then sometimes it's astounding. And this one is like, okay, but the, but I respect what they do even though I don't like most of the stuff they come out with. I could see a minty beer tasting good. I, I've had a couple minty beers before. I, I feel like, doesn't a julep have a citric aspect too? I think so. I don't really know what a mint julep is though. I don't really drink them because I'm not a southern gentleman. All I know is it's a Kentucky Derby thing. Right. Well, I guess you'll uh, you'll tell us what it tastes like on the next episode, so we'll just have to stay tuned for that. Sounds good. Alrighty, so thank you everybody for joining us. As always, if you have anything anything at all to say, you can email us at BrewsdayTuesdayPodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at BrewsdayTuesday, or you can comment on our episodes at BrewsTuesday.com. Other than that, don't let the bastards keep you down. We will see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Ford. <laughs> Here comes a beer, catch all your tears Drink the remedy, forget about your problems Here comes a shot, lose all your thoughts Drink the remedy, forget about your problems This one's on me, fix you for free Drink the remedy, forget about everything This one's on me, got what you need And take your medicine